You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. My name's Chris, I'm the host and I'm joined tonight by Joanne and Andy. How are you doing guys? Evening, I'm good. Yourself? Ah, been better. I, I need to apologise before we start, because last couple of weeks it's been you, Chris, it's been either Noel and Confidence Plotting. I've got a bit of a cold, so hopefully the mute works and you don't end up hearing me cough. <laughs> well, I've managed to plug my, my microphone in properly this week, so that should hopefully make me a difference with the sound quality as well. Alright, you're sounding brand new tonight, Chris, compared to the last couple of weeks. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling, a, feeling a wee bit... Not under the weather as such, but just knackered because uh, the wee bit of a delay getting back up the road from Hamden last night. Never actually got home until about half five in the morning. Oh, see, um, see you journalists complaining about all oh, the journey times and stuff. It's, oh, it was the same on Friday night, and all oh, the journalists over there in Georgia going, "Oh, we're pleased delayed." I this was uh, this was an accident on the A nine, which uh, forced me to reroute completely. So oh, that A nine's a long and lonely road at the best of times, but. Oh. Last night was miserable, particularly with with, uh, with work today as well. But uh, I still still keep it going. Yeah. So well, we will come back on the your work because uh, the, the Scotland games has been the, the big news of the the last uh, well eight days, I suppose, since the last time we did a podcast. Uh, but we should all we should probably start. We usually start uh, with the the failure of the charity bit. Uh, it's not always a failure though It's not always a failure It just happens to be this week But uh, Peter Ed screwed us over this week To be honest Because the first goal scorer Wasn't well, Rory McAllister And then he went on and drew So We're going to need to Stop doubling It's always a failure when, Always to be a failure When you pick a North team Nah no, we need to move away from there That's that when you Get start, back to the family Nah we should start Betting in the Lowland League or something <laughs> <laughs> But aye We probably all get back to the family To be honest uh, we'll, we'll we'll probably save it for later in the podcast when we do the the, the Premiership predictions because the, the the top flights back. But uh, aye, I wouldn't be surprised if we're by, oh, no, a certain L back to me for the the first goal scorer again. Um, but well, 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 will we start off with the and get the the domestic football out of the way because um, aside from Peter Head getting our, our draw, there was there was other games in the the Championship. Hibs had their game postponed due to international call ups. Although I couldn't tell you who they had called up, uh, but Rangers they won uh, was it five nil five one against Wraith Rovers at the weekend. See how much attention I've paid. This is this is, this yeah. is amateur. I know oh, I know it's St Mirren one because obviously last week we were speaking about St Mirren. I said they'll come good. Yeah, I no, you were right. Absolutely spot on with that one because I wanted to put Queen of the South the charity bit. So uh, that shows what I know. But aye, it was uh, St Mirren's first win, so that's done them a bit of good. I say Rangers did win five nil. So that was a Morton have started them. the season well. They have indeed, they. Uh, they are sitting pretty up in fourth at the moment. Eight points for five games, not bad. Uh, there's a wee five point gap at the top already. Although Falkirk obviously didn't play against Abs, so that's uh, yeah, that could be closed again to two. But uh, uh, yeah, that, I think that division's already starting to pan out as we kind of expect it to, because. Rangers are on the way with, with the likes of Falkirk when they're south chasing. Although, like you say, Morton's probably the, the team of note that are up there currently with a, 
a good run of form. Just carried the momentum on from League One campaign yeah. very well, which is all the more impressive given that they're without Declan McManus, who was the source of so many of their, their goals last season. Yeah, he's doing well at Fleetwood. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's good to see Jim Duffy getting a, a, a good run of form for his, his team as well. Cause I like Jim he's Duffy. Not, he's, not, <laughs> he's not even that well liked by the Morton fans. Is he not? Um, yeah, my friend that's a Morton fan, I was going to ask him, saying... Uh, you could have happy with Duffy and he said at the end of last season even though he got in promotion most fans had been quite happy for him to go but so no, he's still doing yeah. well yeah it's working for him this season so well, we'll what's that sorry it says it's working for them. we'll see how they got on at home in Dumbarton at the weekend so. uh, go down to League 1 uh, and there are one was 4 for in Dunfermline top of the table clash and Dunfermline won 4-0 at 4 so Fairman continue to do well. Yep. Joe Gordon with a hat-trick there. I noticed he was a player that was at Ross County last season. Didn't make a great impact up there, but um, he's obviously been at Dunfermline before. And mm-hmm. um, Although they were a championship team at the time, um, he seems to have settled back in pretty pretty comfortably. Yeah, that's him top scorer in that league now. Aye. Even above the almighty... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as far as I'm aware... Uh, Joe Cardo was playing the following day as well. And, um, there was a Celtic Dunfermline select game for uh, the 30th anniversary of Jock Steen's passing, which uh, I believe is Thursday, the anniversary of that. But um, I'm, I'm fairly sure Joe Cardo played in that game, so he's, uh, he's had a busy weekend. Uh, incidentally, Dunfermline went right. uh, uh, but I that, I mean, that, that Dunfermline won over four for putting them back on top. Uh, displacing the likes of Forfar and Air, actually. Because uh, AR, what was this result? This you can see what we're well prepared. I know, this BBC well website is garbage. Right, Air played midweek, that's what it was. Right. I don't know. We've been a bit better this season, to be fair, though. Like with the lower leagues. We've been a bit lower. Aye. Usually we kind of <laughs> don't we're all touch the championship, and that's about it. I'm going to blame my laptop. <laughs> It's going to go so <laughs> far too unprepared. Uh, I, well, we may as well go back to just going to League 2. It's uh, it's still tight. And an athletic top and 10 points. We barely contend. And Montrose in 9. And East Fife in 9. And Elgin in 9. And Clyde in 9. <laughs> it's the top 6 every to my point. <laughs> we may as well cover that. Sorry. Un- unbelievable, that, that League 2. Um, although it's the same most seasons. I think um, in last season, Elgin... Um, with four games left, could have finished anywhere between fourth and, uh, and ninth. Uh, mm-hmm. It can really go down to the wire. Mm-hmm. There's there's very little to separate the teams in the in the league, and so um, I think interestingly that um, our both were but they were the early uh, base setters last season, and then they kind of fell away, and now they're sitting bottom with only a point for the first five games. So yeah, like you say, it's a, it's a very tight league. Their manager in the corner. Yeah. Sorry, our our both changed their manager in the. Well, midway through last season as well, didn't they? They, they got rid of Alan Moore. Mm-hmm. And they've got Todd Lumsden in now, so... Uh, it's uh, not going so well there. We did, we did bet against them last week, because we, we took Clyde as part of the, the charity bet, and they had a, it was them that beat them 1-0, so... At least somebody was uh, thinking of charity. Do you know, but, um, see how you're talking about the BBC website being bad? Yeah. They, uh, I was going to look on there to see the other results for the Scottish Cup primary round. 
as far as they are concerned, no fixtures occurred within the last seven days in the Scottish Cup. <laughs> is that because it's five that cause it's that? pre-Scottish Cup? <laughs> well, it's still Scottish Cup though. It's a bit like Champions League in terms of preliminary rounds. That's just what I mentioned it because obviously Oakland like to tell it. My other team, they went through, they beat Hermes 4-0 up in Aberdeen. Hermes? So, uh, yeah. Like the Greek god? <laughs> well, I don't know. It could, I don't know about that. It could be the delivery service. Ah, well, I suppose. Is the delivery service not named after the Greek god? I, was like, oh, I can't remember what Hermes is. Hermes is a Greek god. I think Hermes is a goddess, actually. No, Hermes is a god right. of war. I maybe. don't know much about <laughs> I don't know much about Hermes at all, other huh? than uh, Chris Clark began his career at Hermes. Really? But, uh, <laughs> that, that, um, <clears throat> no, I think that, that, that result probably just highlights the, the gulf there is between the between the North Juniors and the uh, and the West, really, um, you know, there was there was go- never really going to be a, a realistic chance for Hermes to progress through that tie. Um, if anything, people were probably surprised it wasn't wasn't a wee bit more. Yeah, I think we spoke uh, last week about it. We were talking Chris about how to reckon that Auckland Tower would be stayed overnight, mm-hmm. and they did because they've got a new thing right. going now, Tower TV. So they were showing they were at a hotel and all that kind of thing. So. Quite well prepared for our junior team. Well, that's not bad at all. Uh, but the draw was obviously today for the, the first round of the cup. Yeah, so you got a BSC Glasgow, I believe. Yeah, Broomhill Sports Club, aye. Is that what BSC so stands away. for? There you go. I could have yeah. So another away tie for there. Uh, uh, they play Mary Hill Junior's ground, I think, don't they? Aye, I think they're sharing just now, yeah. The shares, yeah. Because it was just a, just a sports club, just a local sports mm-hmm. club that wasn't really even a football team until... They got in, entered into the, the Lowland League, but because uh, right, I seem to remember, was it not uh, Glasgow Uni or something? One of the teams that were meant to be maybe getting in the Lowland League, and then suddenly it was BSC Glasgow. It seemed to change, and, and they're obviously two separate teams because Glasgow Uni have drawn Cumberland Colts in the, the Scottish Cup as well. Yeah, Cumberland Colts are the new Lowland League team. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I, I think there's a few uh, sort of. Highland derbies in the Scottish Cup as well, aren't there? There are, yeah. Um, I mean, the, for me, the pick of the bunch is definitely Banks of Day against Cove Rangers, which is uh, it's it's an all Aberdeen City derby. Um, so it's it's basically the you know the Highland League City club Cove up against Banks of Dee, who are who are their local rivals. But what makes that one interesting is the fact that Cove don't actually have a, a permanent home ground this season. Um, Allen Park was sold at the end of last season because mm. it was no longer um, fit really for the, the licence that they require to even participate in the Scottish Cup. So they're actually playing between four different grounds this season. Um, Keith, for Martin and Inverurie Locos, who are also in the Highland League. But the other one is Banks of D, so um, it's actually right. a home game of sorts <laughs> for them as well. Um, just remember to go into the away dressing room, though, because they are, they are away from home in this tie. Banks of the Juniors, aren't they? In the Junior League, aren't they? Banks of the North. Banks of the are a junior side, yes. Yeah. They're, oh, they're, they're top of the league just top, Definitely one of the top North Junior teams. Uh, you know, Her- Hermes are another. And Cooter probably probably up there as well. But um, Banks of the have got a great setup. It's a, it's a good artificial pitch. And, but I think I think Talbot got them a few years ago. In, aye, I think they did, actually. I was trying to remember which couple it was in. But I. The Scottish Cup, yeah, no, it was. They, they gave them a, a fair hiding, I think. But uh, um, 
They are, a, they are one of the better teams in the in the north, uh, junior wise anyway. It's, it's just the names of the teams you get in the, the first round that I love. It's like, I think my favourite one in this is Spartans versus Coldstream, which just sounds like some two armies going to fight. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, another couple of high, all Highland clashes. There's Lossy Mouth against Forest Mechanics, which is all, all Murray. Um, and then there's Devon Vale, Clark Nicudden as well. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that I'll just flag flag up just for uh, just briefly is uh, Hoyk Royal Albert against Huntley. And the last time those two sides played was 2009 when uh, Huntley beat Royal Albert 7-0. But after the game, in the kind of retrospective days, um, they were they Hoyk were actually accused of. Of match fixing in in that game, so <laughs> really? um, they, it turned out they'd actually fielded some rugby players with the <laughs> Amazing. The whole match became subject to a big investigation. So, I'm not actually entirely sure if anything ever came of it, but um, that'll certainly trigger some uh, bizarre memories for Huntley fans, anyway, who who were none none, none the wiser, of course. There's some really long distance uh, draws as well. I mean. Former Tiny United versus Gretel. Aye, it's for Martin, isn't it? I keep calling him former Tiny. Martin, yeah. yeah. You don't <laughs> mind it when it's in the cup, though. And a wee, a wee away day in the cup's good fun. You get to go way. somewhere you don't yeah. usually get to go. It's good for the for the punters, I suppose, in, in that sense. I'm, I'm sure the clubs could probably do without it. It'll be costly for them. But, yeah. um, Wicked Academy, right? Wicked Academy. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, I've actually I, I once covered a game between those two sides in the, in the Scottish Cup uh, down in Rosewell um, so that's maybe uh, Wick getting their own back on, on Whitehill Welfare <laughs> that one um, that was a cracking tie that was 4-3 it finished to, to Whitehill Welfare that day uh, nice. 5-6 years ago but um, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a long long and lonely trip up to Wick as, as well a tough place to go so I think that probably covers the, the domestic football so we should probably move on and talk about uh, yep. all our dreams being for the cast asunder perhaps what positives yeah, under 21s <laughs> alright all right, ok let's go with that then Cause talk away because I know nothing about what they've done they've got qualified as well but they played Northern Ireland a few days back and won 2-1 in Lurgan thanks to the, the three Ryans which I like the <laughs> Look at Ryan Fraser, Ryan Gold, and Ryan Christie as the the three behind the main striker. Excellent. So good result All for them. Players, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Right. Type of players that hopefully will develop, but they're the kind of players that they're kind of more uh, modern Scottish footballers, a bit more kind of technique. So yeah, size doesn't matter. So. Exactly. Yeah. So it'd be good to see the three of them develop. Um, possibility is even I don't know. Well, Ryan Fraser could push for a place. I think. This season he's obviously on a lot of Ipswich. Um, Christie will probably need to wait until he starts Celtic playing. But oh, Gold, yeah. he kind of just needs some football at first team. I think he's playing in the Sporting Lisbon B team, but still a kind of fairly uh, good standard. I would agree. I think uh, I think Ryan Fraser's probably got as, as good a shout as any of them, given that he's playing regularly for, for Ipswich. Uh, he was actually given his debut at Aberdeen by, by Mark McGee, um, who, who's obviously got a uh, a big role to play in selecting the, the squad so um, yeah no, I, I think he, he's, he's certainly done a lot to play his way into contention over the, the last few years but yeah no I, I agree with what you're saying about the, the styles uh, you know the style of player that all three all 
three are. You know, you'd, you'd like to hope that they can develop into into first team regulars with with Scotland. There's there's certainly a lot of players in the in the world uh, at, the, at the top end of the the game who, who've proven that size doesn't doesn't matter at all. Um, so, you know, certainly hope that these guys can follow in, in the example of of some of them. Yeah, those are without, without without putting any pressure on them by by naming any names, <laughs> Mr. Messi. <laughs> Gold's had that all before the, the mini messy stuff, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, Never a fan of that. But they've got quite a tough group, actually. They've got France as well in that group. Uh, Iceland, Ukraine, but Macedonia. They're maybe not too good at under, under 21 level, but most of these teams are improving all the time. That's just a Scottish thing, though. We just get difficult groups. I noticed that over the weekend where I was watching, was it Wales and Israel, followed by Cyprus versus Belgium, and I was bored to tears because the football was utter garbage. And I, well, those, those are the teams that are challenging for the, the top three places in that group. And then you look, look at, at the Northern Ireland group. Yeah, you look at Northern Ireland. They were seeded fifth. Aye. They were seeded fifth in that group. But then the top seeds are bottom, aren't they? Greece were top seeds. Aye. Yes. Uh, so. Aye. Northern Ireland's group does take the take the biscuit, I think. Uh, but uh, then again, I mean, who would have foreseen Faroe Islands winning some matches in, in that group? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's that's nearly unprecedented. So you've got um, Iceland winning their group, the yep. smallest team ever to qualify for a European Championship. A great uh, story that. And then it looks like tonight Austria are going to qualify as well. They've been a team that have been kind of away from the top arching for a while. They beaten they beaten Sweden last I've seen some of the last I think Iceland have made a lot of investment in their sort of facilities and their in the grassroots game. They've they've got a lot of you know, a lot of pitches. Um they've really they've really put a lot of money into into making sure that schools have all got top notch facilities. Um and obviously population is, is tiny but um they've obviously done all they can to really drill a, a football culture into, uh, you know, adolescence, and uh, that's it's obviously reaping the reaping the benefits of it. Yeah. Um, well, just found it, out that it steals all their excuses as well, doesn't it? Like, like they're, they're smaller than us, and their league's worse than Aye. us. So exactly, Northern Ireland are smaller than us as well. Yeah, so. Uh, but uh, the final score of Austria was actually four-one. They won four-one in uh, <coughs> Sweden, so that's them qualified through handsomely then. Yeah. I'd actually look at our team. They've actually got a few other right players. Alaba's the one that will stand out. Obviously, being a Bayern Munich, but mm-hmm. there's other players like Dragovic, the centre back. He was kind of, he's been linked with a few top clubs, I think, uh, recently. And then you've got a couple of Harnik plays in Germany, and then Arnautovic at Stoke. So it's yeah. just depressing, isn't it? All these, all these teams that are going to be going to France, and then uh, uh, let's face it, we blow it on Friday night. As uh, so many of us maybe predicted, <laughs> if we were going to come on stuck, it would be in Georgia. And uh, sure enough, the, uh, the Scotland team that went out there did not perform to their usual expectations. And lost one nil. Can't even blame the maroon shirts this time. No, either. no, all down to Team selection, I think. <sighs> I think maybe we went there. Did the light up looked a positive light up in terms of a lot of attacking minded players in it? But then the execution was just not right. James Morrison, I think we've said before, he's not a holding midfield player. 
and neither, to be honest, is Scott Brown, really. Scott Brown needs someone sitting beside him. Aye, Scott Brown plays better for Celtic when he's got a beat on alongside him. Aye, and probably the goal, if we'd had a holding type player in there, might not have happened. Because the holding player... I think the problem is we don't have one. MacArthur can do that type of job, I think, all right. And to be honest, Darren Fletcher, I've always thought is his, that's his best position. Mm. As a holding midfielder. Never a time I've Sorry. Arguably one of the better holding midfielders we have available uh, isn't even in the squad, and, and Charlie Adam. Um, that's you know, not a bad call, actually. Again, he's, I think I always see him as a walking, a forward thinking player. Like that he's, I don't think he's going to break up play as much. Yeah. I suppose he played more of an advanced role for Blackpool, which was probably the best spell of his career. Yeah, but um, but he's he's certainly developed into into a reasonably you know comfortable holding sitting midfielder anyway. Um, in terms of breaking up play, I would I would think that uh, you know Brown with with maybe Mulgrew alongside him would be our yeah. best. I think the pair of them have developed a really good partnership, both club and country, but. Um, uh, then not, again, we're, we're a wee bit unsure what to do with Mongrew, it would seem. Uh, um, let's not play him at left back. No, definitely <laughs> no. not. Um, the, the thing is, Scott Brown was probably quite out of sorts in both games, I think. I thought he was a lot better against Germany, to be honest. I don't think he I was at his best, but he was he was better in the Germany game than he was in the Georgia game. Yeah, I, f- I felt Brown improved a lot in the in the Germany game. But then, I don't think that could be hard, yeah. because Brown, I thought, was totally anonymous against Georgia. In the same way, he was completely anonymous against Malmo as well. And he actually really annoyed me about that because if Scott Brown plays the way we all know he can play, it tends to lift the rest of the team around him. When he doesn't play, or he, he disappears in games, it drags the team down because he's in such he's a central up. role. And I think that happened with Celtic and Malmo, and I think it happened with Scotland and Georgia. It's hard to give anyone pass marks off to be honest. Yeah, I know. That was that. I thought it was a problem. I thought. Maloney, maybe. <sighs> but. Even then, I don't think it was that great. But if you looked at, we were talking about it, about Anya. Anya looked as if he was almost scared to run at them, even yeah. though he looked like he had to beat him. Ah, yeah. That was probably the biggest disappointment on Friday night, was the fact that Anya did have the beating of that guy and didn't use it. And I think he, was, I think he may have been punished for that, because he was obviously missing for the starting line-up against Germany. Which surprised yeah. me, because I thought that would be one way to get at the Germans. If they were sitting with the ball, so uh, forward all the time, Anya would be able to run it and behind them. And we seem to do that a bit more when he came on. Yeah, well, we played Maloney left, and Maloney's not a wide player. No. He's not. He's no, he was he's always better wasted. playing just off a striker, and that was a waste, and I thought it would be too unfair yeah. on him. But the sec- uh, their Germany's second goal, they were, I think a lot of blame was put towards Mulgrew, but Maloney was, should have been helping out. Maloney Aye. was nowhere to be seen. But then it was still better yeah. than standing on I the think- line, staring at the ball instead of clearing it. <sighs> I think Maloney, I, I think given Maloney was out wide, uh, he obviously, he, he got the, the two assists from set pieces, but in terms of open play, I would I would agree, I think the game passed him by a mm-hmm. wee bit, and I would say the same for, for Forrest, I don't think we really got enough out of him on, on, on Monday against Germany. No, I think that, that, that he just looked alright when he came on against Georgia as well, I usually criticise him, but he looked alright against Georgia he was quite positive and I think that goes back yeah. to what we're saying about Anya because if, if you're looking at Anya to use his pace to get in behind then have not played him and played Forrest instead you were expecting Forrest to do that but it almost looked that Forrest was told to sit deep and I think Maloney was as well actually because I, I looked at them a few times and, and certainly in the first half and they were almost lining up as a back six and both yeah. Forrest and Maloney yeah. were sitting deep and I don't think Forrest can do that I think that's part of the problem no. 
don't think Ox yeah. can't either. No. Um, I think they talked they talk about it last night, saying that anything that Scott uh, played did break up. We didn't really have any counter-attacking options. It was Fletcher and that was it, because Forrest and Maloney were so far back, covering uh, Shan and Hector. Um, that was the one area whereby we could have had some joy, because Shan and Hector are both fairly inexperienced yeah. uh, full-backs at international level. Yeah. They both had occasional bursts forward into, into dangerous crossing positions, but not really enough for uh, yeah, given the, the inexperience of their of, of Germany's fullbacks. It makes it very hard to criticise the likes of uh, like, uh, Stephen Fletcher because he was basically starved of service in the Georgia game and got pretty isolated against the Germans. Yeah, and, and yet I, I still get the impression we'd have been better off with. A, a, a faster striker, maybe like Lee Griffiths. The frustrating thing was, see, when we made a substitute towards the end, we brought on Martin instead of oh, instead of Griffiths. Martin actually did all right, um, but if you're going to have Fletcher in his link-up play, then why not bring on Griffiths, whereby he can obviously get in, a, in behind the strikers? Because the problem with Fletcher is his link-up play is good, but he's not where you want a striker to be. No, in, in that formation, because it's not as if we've got anyone that's breaking beyond the striker to get into positions. So you need Fletcher really to be playing as a striker, a number nine. Um, whereas, obviously, Griffiths would do that. I know Griffiths does go wide looking for the ball and stuff like that, but he is more of a kind of penalty about striker, I think. Yeah, and I think that's maybe what we needed in both games, to be honest. No, I mean, the only chance I can remember us having against Georgia at all was one that Naismith played the ball into Fletcher and he, kind of, he just couldn't reach it in the first Aye, half. Robertson. Yeah, or was it Robertson? Robertson. Aye, yeah. from the left. Aye, I think that was that a would, great cross that uh, yeah I think yeah, it was Fletcher that. probably could, couldn't be asking for any more than that if you're Fletcher Fletcher but Fletcher was trying to play with his left foot yeah Aye. which was a problem but I think that the worrying thing from Friday night was that was as good as it got I mean like, the, the goal we didn't exactly call ourselves in glory there for like, the, the, the Georgians got and then did I read the stats saying we had no shots on target? Or that, that yeah, no shots on target at all. Did, did we have any shots off target? Because I'm struggling three. to think of any. We had three. Uh, Maloney hit a free kick that was deflected for a corner. Was that good? I remember that. <laughs> that was, as a, well shot. was a shot off target, aye. <laughs> uh, well, not Hanley's header late on as well. Hanley headed just wide from a corner in the oh, nine minutes. Oh, my, aye. Right enough. That, that was quite frustrating, actually, because he was in a good position there. Uh, certainly the worst they've played for a while oh by far by far away I mean I know we, we, we didn't play great in the first half against Ireland and Dublin but it was nothing compared to how we played against the Jordans and I think uh, to be honest I think like, we, I've always said 20 points should get us out of this group and I think it's going to pan out to be the way that had we got 20 points it probably wouldn't have been enough to get us out of the group oh, definitely, we yeah. now can't because obviously dropping the 3 against Georgia was 3 I was expecting to pick up I never expected us to get anything off the Germans, but now, because that game's also been the defeat, the, bo- the, the most we can get is 17. 17 might be alright for a playoff, though. Might We've be. obviously it, aye, looked at But depending on other results. Aye, this is the problem. The good is that we need a snooker because there's nothing. We, we need somebody to do us a favour against Ireland, and their last two games are Poland and Germany, so there's a very good, good chance though, that that's going to happen. For yeah. qualification. And yeah, because Germany only needs a point against Ireland but Germany aren't going to play for a point Germany are going to win yeah. so actually going by that if Germany win then if we win our two last games we're in the playoff but that, that's the thing because it works out really nicely for us because you imagine the Germans are going to try and beat the, the Irish because they need to, qual- to con- uh, confirm their qualification for us to stand any decent chance at all we need to, 
we really need to beat Poland. We don't mathematically need to beat them because a draw will be enough as long as the Germans do beat the Irish. It puts pressure on the Irish, though. Yeah, if we beat if we, but the thing is, if we beat Poland, then suddenly Poland need to beat the Irish. And then that helps us again because we've got to Gibraltar for the last game, and you'd assume we get the three points there. Although yeah, Scotland, that's the good thing. So. We've, we've, we've still got we've still got one ace up our sleeve in yeah. Gibraltar, I suppose. Um, whereas Ireland have used up both their games against them, um, so you'd expect. Yeah, you, you would expect us to get at least three points for the last two games. Yeah, but it's what we get off Poland that's going to make a difference because. Like, uh, f- four could be enough like, four points could be enough so if we get a draw against Poland and we win against Gibraltar it's, it will be enough because if Ireland yeah. lose both their games we'll finish level on points and because we've got the better head to head against them with the win at Celtic Park and the draw yeah. at the Aviva we would be above them and we'd take the third place yeah. but, uh, we but, but that leaves no margin for error whatsoever because Ireland have been pretty good at picking up the point, the odd point here there throughout this campaign yeah. so you wouldn't be surprised if they managed to get something off either Germany or Poland They've done it. Done it in both. They've got a one-one draw against both in the matches they yeah. played against them so far. And uh, well, crucially, they've they've beaten Georgia. They've got six points out of six against Georgia. So, um, yeah, they've despite the fact we've got the head-to-head advantage over Ireland, it's it's yeah. their consistency over the over the course of the group that has them four points above us just now. Meaning that if we lose against Poland, then it's curtains. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, they have taken twelve points off the two the, the two bottom teams in the group, which is what we needed to do and didn't. Yeah. So I mean, they're, they're there on merit, unfortunately. Germany will beat Ireland. I think. But, so I would I hope think. so, but Ireland are proving difficult to beat. I think that's the problem. They are. Yeah. I think Germany are getting better as the campaigns going on. Um, initially, they were looking a shadow of the side that, that won the World Cup, certainly in the early early matches in the campaign. I think they still are, to be honest. I mean, the, the team that played against uh, Scotland yesterday, that just, they're, they're obviously technically brilliant, the passion and first touch movement and all that, like all the basics they were doing really, really well. There doesn't seem to be a spark like there was at the World Cup last year. I think it's just their defence is a bit more suspect. I think so, aye, aye. Well, the defence can be got at, and I think that's down to Philip Lamb, obviously, the tie, and, and Schweinsteiger, I think, is maybe not the play they was. No, yeah. I think I think he seems to be... The captain's armband's almost too heavy for him, I think is probably the best way to put it, because it seems, he seems to be... What you say, he's not the player he was uh, when was it Lamb was a captain at the World Cup, I think. Yeah, plus yeah. they've they've not really got an out-and-out striker. They're playing, no. they're playing Gotza, but they could play Muller there, I think. They'd probably be better off playing Muller there, but Muller's not effective off the right. Yeah, aye, so, exactly. I mean, he got two goals the last night as well, so... He's the type that just, you know, can sometimes get away with not having the greatest impact on a game, Muller, but, uh, but well, until he gets a chance, he just has a, a real instinct. Um, and, you know, both his finishes were very instinctive. The first one, he was, if you look at the replay, he was barely even looking at where he was putting the, putting the ball and I suppose, you know, he just managed to, to just force it goalwards and yeah, deflection helped certainly. But, but it, the deflection yeah. helped him. But I think that uh, like, was you know pushed by Scott Brown just before he hit it as well. Aye, aye, it was a bizarre goal. Yeah. Um, the second one was just pinball basically, but uh, yeah, um, Mogra sleep. <laughs> uh, to, to be fair, the, the the third goal by the Germans was just uh, I, I stood there and applauded to be honest because it was a cracking goal. Yeah, yeah, it was. 
But I mean, what you say that their defence isn't that great. I mean, the two goals we got, well, were hardly classics. No, Neuer definitely very suspect for both of them. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think we can really blame him for a first goal because it was an own goal. Uh, the second one, yeah. I thought it had taken a deflection, but well, even at, at the game. But uh, I've seen people saying since it, it was it went straight in for McArthur. So, see, going back to the fullback, then even at the World Cup, they never really had any fullbacks. Howardes played right back. So he did, yeah. Uh, and Shan, I don't think Shan's quite got a position yet. I think. His best position is probably defensive mid, but he's also playing right back. I think Hector is a proper Hector is a proper left back though. But, yeah. But still though, you looked at their bench yesterday. Folk there was folk not even coming off the bench that were top class players. Yeah. So and I and it was it Didi Harman said that to be honest, Germany weren't even at top gear last night. it always looked as if they probably could step up a few gears. It looked to me like they did just at the start of the second half. They just stepped up that gear to get the third goal, and then they they, they rained it back in again, which is really annoying because I had Germany minus one in my bet. <laughs> <laughs> so if, see if you're going to beat us, going to beat us by two, <laughs> so I could actually win some money. I think they just knew how to see the game out, really. Yeah. Um, I, even I, I'm not entirely convinced they were ever that worried about us. Um, no, the, the, the impression I got was if if we had got a third goal, David probably went and got a fourth. Yes, exactly. It was just the way the game was going. Yeah. Um, Love made the point after the game that you know we'd we'd kind of camped in and around our own box, and that they did well to um, to sort of uh, to to overcome that, to overpower it. Mm. Um, he, he didn't have a go as such, but he certainly made reference to what he felt was a defensive setup by uh, by Scotland. So the score probably flattered us. I think so. But I think yeah. like, I think it's the way the Germans played. That was just they wanted to get the win and they did enough to get it. It was very efficient, not to bore us with that stereotype. <laughs> but it was exactly that. I suppose I suppose if it was proper German efficiency, they'd have won one 0 But uh, yes. the, the defence didn't let them do that. So, so yeah, what we say it's uh, it's still mathematically possible. There's a phrase that's associated with Scotland so very often. <laughs> We always live in hope, don't we? Yeah, it's it, it's now down to can we get what we need to get off the polls? Uh, I'm not entirely convinced. I must admit. I did. I put this question out on Twitter earlier, and uh, John FM15 got back to us and says it was always a tough call. Don't think we'll beat Poland. The Georgia result was a kick in the stones, and I can't really argue with that. I think ultimately, I, I did see people saying, "Oh, we 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 should have held out in Poland when we were two one up," or. Uh, we should have done better against Ireland and Dublin and taken three points for that. I've said all along, twenty points is enough. You win your home games. You take your you take your draws against your two rivals. You beat your uh, the two bottom teams away from home, and that's enough to get you through. We haven't done that, and to me, the Georgia result is the one that's going to kill us. The one thing is, they're not. I know they beat Gibraltar and Georgia away from home, but I would say apart, I know maybe the best travels against bigger teams, possibly a a, a packed Hamden. Might kind of spook them a wee bit, maybe. Yeah, I don't know if it's probably playing at kind of good level, but I still think there's hope. I, th- I think that's our best chance is we we intimidate them. I'm not I'm not entirely convinced we can. That's the problem because like the the likes of Lewandowski is going to be used to like the the German atmospheres when he's played it for like yeah. Dortmund and now yeah. Munich. So uh, he he's going to be the the star man. He's the threat. 
there's a few others in that Polish team that play in the Bundesliga as well. So uh, yes. the, the, they've got the experience. I think Lewandowski is actually a top goal scorer in uh, Euro 2016 qualifying. Now, yeah, scoring goals. Kyle Lafferty not far behind. Scoring goals against Gibraltar probably helps, but they should they should be discounted. <laughs> on that basis, on that basis, Stephen Fletcher would only still have one international goal, which is <laughs> which is which is probably, <laughs> probably right. Probably more of a fair reflection, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, and I'm hoping that we can really give that one a good go because that's very much last chance saloon for us. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, uh, uh, the fact that we need to take something for that game and very likely need to get a win from it is probably our best hope because yeah, <laughs> it's and when you look. You almost think if we'd got something off the Germans, the foot would be off the gas just a wee bit against the Poles. But because we didn't, we're going to need yeah. to go for it. Very much so. And, and when you look at the atmosphere last night, it was tremendous. You know, if we can, um, if we can get a full house for the Poland game and just get everybody buying into, uh, you know, the the need for a victory in that match and you know the, what it could do for our prospect of maybe maybe just. Uh, saving the saving this campaign, then uh, you know hopefully we could be in for a for a good night. But is it um, not sold out? Yeah, the Poland game. No, it's still not tickets. sold out. Yeah, it's still tickets. So uh, if uh, uh, hopefully we will fill up because it's such a big game now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I t- I mean, you touched on the atmosphere actually. The, I, I, I seen a few people on my Twitter timeline mumping in the morning about the. The Eurovision version of uh, Flower of Scotland that we got for the Red Hot Chili Papers. I didn't think it was that bad. I, all, all I ask for by whoever does the anthem is that they get their pace right so that yeah. they don't get out of sync with the crowd. And I thought it was absolutely spot on in that aspect. So I was going to have Rod Stewart doing it. Rod Stewart was in the crowd. Was he? Yeah, he probably was doing it. Enjoying it then. Because Amy McDonald won't do it anymore. Why not? Supposedly, one of the games she messed up one of the lines. Oh, right. And the crowd gave it a, or not the crowd so much, but I think she got a bit of abuse on social media about it. But I oh. quite liked Amy McDonald when she did it. I thought she was pretty good at it. Ah, I quite like Amy McDonald. I don't remember. I don't remember the game where I she supposedly messed up, but no, I thought she was really good and got the crowd going as well. Now that you mention it, it rings a bell. Yeah, yeah it does. Does definitely ring a bell. But uh, actually, the, the I don't know if you've, if you've seen it in the telly, but my favourite bit of the atmosphere was uh, uh, what's his name, Dougie McLean. He did the uh, Caledonia before the game, before and, the the cr- game right? and the crowd were singing along. And it was absolutely, I thought that was better, to be Aye, honest. That's good. But uh, right. was it Hummels? Was was it, was on the social media? Either, it was either this morning or last night, uh, saying how much the, the the Scottish anthem had his the, the hairs in his back of his neck standing up. So he he was obviously quite impressed. So yeah, I think like you said, that's going to be one of the keys for the the, the Poland game. I think. There's been a lot of discussion about the anthem on uh, online and in some newspapers actually. Uh, a few reporters have, have written pieces about about Flower of Scotland and its, uh, I suppose its its um, suitability for our, being our national anthem. I suppose it's it's not a not an old debate. It's been going on for years. But um, I, I watched the the Welsh game on on Sunday and just couldn't help but um, you know just watching all of. You know the atmosphere that was generated there. That really did have the hairs mm. on on the back yeah. of my handing up. Uh, you know, I think it's it's probably one of the best anthems there is going. Really, the the Welsh one. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's. I, I don't particularly dislike Flower of Scotland. It can be done well and it can be done badly. And I think when when the band that's playing at home sort of knows knows what to do, then uh, yeah. then it 
tends to come out a lot better than when it's away from home and it's, uh, it's someone trying it out for the first time. <laughs> oh, I, I think it. I think it did a lot well last night. Um, but yeah, I, I'm yeah. I'm not a massive fan of Forest Scotland as an anthem, but I think the problem is we don't have a decent alternative. No. Like, I'm, no. I'm I'm old enough to remember when Scotland the Brave was used as an anthem, and it was it was upbeat, but there's nothing to sing along to. Nobody knows the words. Well, it's alright when you get the other tunes on on the go. Cala- get Caledonia on the go. Get 500 miles on the go and yeah. get Loch Lomond. That's it. I mean, none, 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 those are all good tunes, but none of them are anthems. I think aye, but they're ad- no. the crowd, crowd anthems. anthems. Yeah, the same as Doa Deer. I mean, that's oh, I, I don't from, like Doa Deer. Do you not like Doa Deer? Oh, oh, I hate it. It was, it was only last night that I realised uh, how great it is for Terence because of the line about tea, I think, with German bread. <laughs> <laughs> they had a karaoke up on it, and obviously they had, when they did that, it was just a massive Terence T on on the the big screen, which I thought was quite good. Brilliant. Did they do the wheel becoming with the wee animated characters as well? Oh, the weebies? No. Did they have that? They, 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 they seem to have stopped that animation, oh, which is interesting. Aye, but they, they they still play the the, the song over the time. I mean, obviously the the crowd are singing it quite a lot. It's it's. it's, it's uh, there's a, again, there's a lot of people in my uh, timeline criticise the Scotland fans for X, Y, and Z, but it's it's all so silly things which I just I, I don't see the difference. It's all Celtic fans that do it because my timeline's always for Celtic fans. It's, <laughs> it's it's one of these weird things where they criticise them for things I've seen Celtic fans do. Like one of the criticisms I seen was I don't get this whole wearing a kilt with the the, the, the tacky boots and the, the the football top, and I'm thinking, well, I seen a I seen a guy in Munich. Did that, and not only that, but he fell asleep and he'd um, soiled himself. Oh God! <laughs> it was not a pretty sight. <laughs> so, so, so if you want the uh, too drunk to know what he's doing, dressed like a clown kind of look, then that's my go-to image. <laughs> the thing is, like fans are fans are all different, like different nations have their different outfits. They are. You, the yeah. Dutch with their boiler suits. You see some of the English crowd dressed up as knights. Uh-huh. I dare say you probably get some, I don't know whether you get some German fans going to go in Lederhosen or whatever. <laughs> I never noticed. Uh, we know, but it's a bit of, who cares really? That's a, people get too uptight. As long as folk are going and enjoying themselves. What, what does it matter about someone else is wearing? Is that what, are you enjoying yourself? Yes, good. That's all it matters. Are you doing them any harm? No, good. Exactly, folk just love a bone. That's it. I think if there's nothing more about them. Annoyed. Yeah. But my favourite criticism, although I, I, I've seen Celtic fans come away with, is uh, I can't believe they're singing Do a Deer at a show tune. To which I've, I love to point out that You'll Never Walk Alone is also a show tune. Right. <laughs> 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 but I, 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 I did enjoy the atmosphere. I'm not a fan of Hamden. I'm, I'm going to go back to that. And they have been rightly criticised for the advertising boarding problem that uh, the blocked off the, the view of the disabled fans last night. The SFA have come out and apologised for that, which I think is a bit uh, slow, to be honest. Yeah. Free tickets for the Poland game. For the, that should be the, what it should do. Aye, free. Yeah. Aye, yeah, we apologise that you couldn't watch the World Champions, but here's Poland going to turn up. Even then, it's not quite the same thing. No. Uh, okay, I think it all came down to, like, there, there was a weird setup last night because... On one side of Hamden, it was all kind of Scottish adverts, and on the other side, which included the bit that was blocking off the, the disabled uh, view, it was all German adverts. Yeah. 
Yeah, I seen that. Right. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure how that worked, or whether the Germans had cameras on the other side. Must have been I. Compared to what we had, Germans paying for TV rights. Yeah, it's possible. So it was a, it was a weird setup, but I, I hope they, I hope they get that sorted. Out. Generate more money around the, the ground, but then you know, surely that's it's an obvious consideration that, that had to be thought about before. Yeah, so somebody needs to ask for that one because that's right. that's exactly where. But if they're going to have, have the disabled uh, seats that low in the stand, yeah, it's already hard to see that low at Hamden without yes. without blocking the view. Absolutely, it's that, that's a very poor view for anybody. Uh, yeah, you would you would think that the disabled fans would be situated a wee bit further back than that. Yeah, see it. Uh, just moving away from that, talking about kind of teams that have qualified, as uh, we were talking about earlier, Czech Republic have qualified as well, which I think I was reading something about them earlier. Obviously, you're used to Czech Republic having players playing in kind of lots of different leagues, the likes of when they had Baros and Kola, and obviously Rizicki, he's still in and around this side, but mm-hmm. the majority of their squad now is uh, made up of players playing still in the Czech Republic, really? which I find interesting because obviously Scotland team we still depend on mainly players that are playing in England out with the Celtic team. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The Czech Republic squad now only has, or from the kind of last couple of fits, has only had about five players that were playing outside the Czech Republic. And I, wouldn't, I, I don't know. I don't know a massive amount of Czech Republic League apart from, I know obviously I've heard of similar teams and occasionally we've faced them in, in Europe. But is Czech Republic League much better than the Scottish League? I, I just don't think Strachan particularly values the, the Premiership, if I'm being honest. Uh, you know, very few players seem to, to be given the chance um, until they until they move to England, that is, or, or to or to Celtic, really. Um, yeah, and even then, look at Lee Griffiths. So yeah. to, to me, it was obvious who, the, who, our top, who our best chance of getting goals was in that squad. And yeah. he never even got on against the Germans. So yeah, I see them talk as well about how Chris Martin's playing at a better level because he's playing in the championship. And they're just the Lee Griffiths. That's yeah. utter nonsense. Whereas Lee Griffiths has obviously played at least he's had a bit of experience in European football this season. Aye, Lee Griffiths scored twice against well. Malmo a couple of weeks so, ago. But yeah. at least Celtic players get called up. But you look at obviously outside of that, there's not been many players outside Celtic that have been called up under striking. Um, there's been the odd one here and there, um, but it's very rare. I, th- I think the problem is Gordon Strachan's got his favourites, and he's very uh, protective of them, to the point that if he even criticises Gordon Strachan, he tries to go for that witty sense of humour to knock you back, which yeah. which is fine, uh, to a point. And then he has a habit of taking it too far, uh, to the point he just becomes insulting. There was, uh, there was something, and I, like, I know uh, Craig was tweeting about it actually, I never actually read what he'd said, but something about um, true fans or something. Yeah, or something fans about Fairweather fans earlier yeah. on in the weekend. I didn't see the full just of what he said. Something like Scotland don't need Fairweather fans, um, but I, I didn't read that in full if I'm being honest. Um, but no, he, he obviously had the, the little dig about the I mean, it seemed a pretty legitimate sort of question from an innocent Georgian journalist about the last time we were there, and he he really kind of shot him down with with a pretty pretty cheap shot about the iWatch uh, last last week. That was that was bizarre. Yeah. Um, 
I did interview after the, the game in Sky as well where he was getting interviewed. He was like, oh, did you do enough to win the game? He's like, oh, we didn't do enough to... We didn't deserve to lose the game, but we didn't do enough to win the game. And it's like... We just, it, he just... He was coming out. He came across as a quite kind of standoffish. Was that the Georgia game or the Germany? The Georgia game. And oh, then even right. even last night he's saying that Germany had a bit of luck. He's forgetting, obviously, that we had a bit of luck with the own goal mm-hmm. as well. Um you need a bad luck. And he keeps on saying about how we're only three or four passes away from being a good yeah. team. It's like, we'll get the right players in. He is very bad for this arrogance, I think. And he was, I like he was, Do you I like so, him? So, I, know, I agree. I think I, it, I, I was one of those that wanted Levine out and uh, Strachan in as the, the manager a few years ago. And I, I do think Strachan's doing a good job, but I think... He's very blinkered to certain players, and I think his attitude at times is just insult. Yeah, and it was, well, just, it was exactly what he said about Celtic when he was a Celtic manager, and to the point that he almost stayed too long at Celtic because that last season, his fourth season under him, it just dwindled away to the point that, fun enough, people to this day still say we should have signed Stephen Fletcher <laughs> in the January transfer window that year. But uh, I'm not. I was never entirely convinced Stephen Fletcher was the answer. And it's, it's all right sitting here now, six years later, and saying Stephen Fletcher was the answer. But maybe it was back then. I don't know. But ultimately, that season came a, a stuttering halt after we, we beat Raiders in the League Cup final. And it was just a couple of months and nothing. And then what, there was two nil-nil draws against Hibs and Hearts that last uh, couple of games. If as his reign as Celtic manager and they were just dire and I was yeah. I was actually glad when Strachan left which is yeah. I, I, which given he'd won the previous three titles is is a very strange position to be in yeah I think there was a feeling that he'd, he'd just sort of he, he'd lost a little bit of his, his spark himself you know and um, he lost lost his own enthusiasm for the for the job really yeah um, I don't think there's much danger of that happening here I hope not, because I, I, the, the last thing I want to see is having got Scotland to the point that, I mean, we all accept this has been a very difficult group, and it's probably the, the most competitive group out of all, was it nine groups or something across, nine, across the qualifying? Yeah. There just there isn't another group anywhere near as competitive, I don't think, but there's four decent no, teams no, here. No. One of them was always going to miss out, one of them still could miss out in the playoffs, we don't know yet, and... You have to say at the moment it looks like it's going to be Scotland that's the fourth place team. Yeah. Because it is going to be very difficult for us to get into the third spot. We may still do it, of course, but uh, we'll need to wait and see next month. But it's. Uh, but the last thing I want to see is Gordon Strachan saying, I've done my best, I'm going to hand it over to somebody else because who else have we got? Yeah, and we have made good progress. And, you know, when we made the earlier point about, you know, having his favourites. Um, you know, and, and obviously there's been a lot of continuity in the squad selections. Yeah, um, and I think that that, that, that that helps. That's a good yeah. thing. Yes, it does. It creates more of a club mentality, uh, club environment, should I say? And, uh, and no, that has. You obviously you don't want wholesale changes like we had in the sort of party votes either. Um, you know, if we're if we're winning games, we want to keep things as yeah. as constant as possible. Um, it's just when it comes down to guys like Chris Martin who. You know, let's be honest. He's quite a peripheral member of our squad. He's going to get the last ten minutes here and there. Um, yeah, but, know, but why haven't not Lee Griffiths? That, that's adventurous. Yeah, someone else giving someone else a chance. He was very, very defensive over his own um, decision to bring on Martin last night. He, 
made a point of really, really praising him. Um, which, you know, I thought he did okay, but he didn't do anything. I don't think he did much. In the, thing, yeah. in the game. I don't, don't think he did. Kick. I don't think he did bad. Yeah. All I can remember, but he yeah, always he's... singled them out for special praise in, in a way which I don't understand that either. That's just, again, that takes us back to the the whole striking deal with the press kind of thing and the, yeah. the, the, the kind of arrogance he has over it. So I'm I'm the man. I'm the right. I know what I'm doing. I'm right. You guys right. are. You guys have never played the games with the Euro. Yeah, that was one yeah. for when he's a Celtic manager. Um, the frustration. Well, there was another one. Yeah, there, there was the other the, another little quirky quirky one that he had, um, which might not have come out really in broadcasting side of it. But uh, he was basically Chick Young asked him if um, you know he, he made made the point that people would have would have been saying after this Germany game, people would have been frustrated, perhaps that you couldn't do you know you couldn't replicate that performance against Georgia. Hmm. Um, and then he, he he came back quite hastily by saying. When you say people, that's very vague. Um, by people, do you mean your next door neighbour, or do you mean a top football manager? Because I've actually had a top football manager ringing me to say that we played very well and we were unfortunate to come away <laughs> empty-handed. Um, you know, just stuff like that. You know, that that that's you know one that uh, all managers are thrown to now and again. Seems to me like avoided the question. See the thing when you're a Scotland manager, like in. Walter Smith and Alex McLeish were, were great at it. You try and get the media on side. Yeah. You don't yeah. really you don't want the media against you. You surely no. want everyone sitting from the same team, see everyone behind the Scotland team. Yeah. I, 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 I think I think most people are. Yeah. yeah. But I think I think the the problem there is that it was a very valid point because had we played with the same intensity against Georgia that we played against the Germans, we probably would have got at least a draw, if not a win over there. But we didn't. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even close. And I th- I th- well, I, to be fair, Scott Brown came out and said it after the game as well for the second week in a row. <laughs> so Scott, Br- Scott Brown spent the last couple of weeks apologising in press conferences after games. Aye. But I still uh, think we're not the best at trying to break down teams. And that's probably against Georgia we're expected to try and be breaking them down, which yeah. is... Isn't our strength? We're still probably a wee bit better on the counter attack. And I, I think I think we've seen that against the Georgians home and away. We've seen it against the Irish home and away as well because they're quite a, a compact team that, uh, that try to try to hold out more than they more than they try to attack you. But it's yeah. obviously the opposite with the Germans. The Germans were, were, were trying to control the game. But uh, I think in, the, in previous games, what 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 the two against the Irish uh, and probably even the, the one the, the one at home uh, against the Germans. It, it was a bit of brilliance for Sean Maloney somewhere along the line to help but just like Sean Maloney just did not have that in either game uh, this time around and you have to wonder if going to the MLS was a mistake for that perspective because yeah, I mean, he, he has come back to sign, to sign for Hull but uh, obviously that hasn't been well, he's, he hasn't really been there long enough to, to recover from his time in America it's, I'm not, yeah, not no, I'm saying MLS is a particularly bad league but it does have that yeah. whole it's a bit detached from everything else it's it's a different culture over there. And, uh, I think he spoke about the travel. I've already spoke about the travelling as well. Yeah, yeah he did. One of the players that was put up for uh, for press before this double header um, back on last Monday. So he had some good stuff to say about it. Actually, he was kind of giving, you know, making the point that he he, he tried very hard to make it uh, come across as not being an issue. You know, he tried everything he could to deny, obviously, the the issue. Uh, but you know, the more often he travelled. The more it became apparent to him that you know it was becoming very difficult, particularly given that he still 
you know, was looking to make a real impact for the national team and moving back to Hull was, um, well, the national team was a, a huge, hugely yeah. significant factor in, in his decision to come back uh, to, to Britain. So, um, yeah, no, he, he clearly has obviously admitted the, the error of his ways on, on that one. Well, I mean, hopefully he'll have a month's worth of football at Hull and then uh, he'll, be, he'll be there to go against the polls. Is Stodgrass um, going to be back? I don't uh, know. I'm not sure, actually. He's a massive miss, I think. I, I, I would be surprised if he's in the next squad at all. He's, he's likely to be next campaign, because even if he was back this weekend, you're, you're looking at trying to get a month's worth of football out of him, and he hasn't played in ages. And it's, I'd be surprised if he's... I, I don't, has he even been in a striking squad? I don't know. Mm. I think, I think, think maybe, maybe some friends, maybe. Some of the early ones, yeah. Mm. I think the likes of the, the Wales games, uh, maybe Wales and maybe the, the first England match, but yeah. um, I think that was probably, yeah, I think it must have been later in that 13-14 season that he got that got that injury. Mm. Ah, yeah, he has been missing a very long time now. So, uh, mm, yeah. I mean, that, that's the other question, is whether he comes back as, as, as good a player as he was beforehand. Uh, yeah, that's the, that's the danger, isn't it? Just, just, just going back to the, the whole Fairweather fans thing. See if Strachan wants to sort out Fairweather fans, the first thing you should do is go up the stairs and say, go and price the tickets better. Because we all know Aye. ticket pricing was one of the factors that meant the, what, what you could easily have packed Hamden for every single game had you priced it properly. Yeah, but the only I came up with this. Yeah, paid for the because of the price. Yeah, it, it was ridiculous. And for two, was in a one. Yeah, I think I think the other problem is we're not going to see that improve because the Germany game the Germany game proved you can fill Hamden. Uh, depending no matter what the price and the fact we've got England in the draw, it means they're just going to try it again. Now I would hope they try and price it a wee bit more sensibly because I don't think people would uh, begrudge paying more for the England game if they're going to pay less for. Whoever else it is, it's in a group. Yeah, yeah they I used to do that with the categories, different categories yeah. with different teams. But yeah, that's what they should, they should go back to that. Same. Yeah, they should go back to that because nobody's. Like, clearly, Germany's a big draw. England will be a big draw. Like, the, the likes of yeah. whoever else is in a group. Oh, I can remember Slovakia, and Slovakia, Slovenia. Slovenia Macedonia, Malta. Or Lithuania and Malta. There you go. Right, Malta. Yeah. Is Malta going to be as big a draw as England? Not a chance. So they have to price it better. Yeah. I don't think they will. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that that backfired badly. I mean, I, I can't remember exactly what the attendance was for the Gibraltar game, but uh, but it fell. It wasn't really, great. Really significantly short. Yeah. Um, just a huge disparity in terms of the sort of game it's going to be, and uh, you know, the obviously the the pricing it, it has to be, you know, proportionate to the the sort of game that you're gonna you're gonna be getting, the sort of experience that you're gonna be getting as a as a punter. Yeah, thirty-four thousand two hundred fifty-five. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's yeah. that's embarrassing for a that was a that was a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, uh, exactly. And then you compare Monday night there, and it was fifty thousand plus. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a difference. That's what happens when you try and price things the same. It's, it just doesn't work. I hope they I hope they do revisit the model because, for one, I doubt I'll be paying what I paid this thing. Uh, so pick and choose your games maybe yeah maybe, maybe pick and choose yeah. games. If, they, if they offer a season ticket that's of decent value I'll probably go for it aye it's a guarantee though that what will happen is this time people will buy season tickets on the back of the England game aye very probable yeah. just, to, just to guarantee your ticket yeah. but, but again I want to say I hope they, I hope they price it sensibly but I'm not holding my breath unfortunately 
Right, we've probably talked about Scotland long enough. Uh, we'll, we'll park this for another month because we, we do have October to come. Um, and we should probably move on to the weekend's action because we have games on Friday night, actually. We have... Uh, is it Inverness and Hearts? Is it Hearts and Inverness? Probably Thistle and Hearts on Friday, yeah. yeah. There's only one game that matters at the weekend. Well, we'll come to that, we'll come to that, because I'm going to start off on a Friday game, because I want to have a wee moan about who the hell thought it was a good idea to travel between Edinburgh and Inverness on a Friday night. Fuck, we always have this more about Friday night games. Aye. Travelling. I don't, Friday night football's fine, if it's sensibly planned. Edinburgh to Inverness is not sensibly planned at all. Not in the slightest, no, no. Um, The saving grace might be the fact that Hearts travel very well anyway. Um, You know, I'm sure they will still take a decent number up, but certainly not. Not the same as what they would on a, on a Saturday. Um, yeah, no, that, that, that certainly does look a, a really strange one. Um, you know, particularly with, you know, some of the other <laughs> games that are happening over the, the weekend, you know. You've got, uh, <laughs> sorry. Somebody got a message. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, that, that was me. <laughs> that come, that come You've just been paged. Aye, that's uh, that. <laughs> That is, did, that, did that ring through? I'm, I'm, I'm going to hope the buzzing noise is your phone. <laughs> Aye, that's the email coming through. <laughs> oh, that's, the, that's the downside of using my phone, is, is my Skype device. <laughs> that's, compl- um, that's completely derailed your point. <laughs> it has, yeah. Like, well, yeah. My point I was going to make is, you know, if you're going to pick a Friday night game, then try and not make it Inverness or Ross County. Or, or you know a game that they're going to be travelling down to if it's yeah. the other way around just because of the sheer distance that's going to have to be covered um, you know pick two central teams and at least make it logistically a little bit easier going because this game's going to be on the telly and I mean it, if, if it is to suffer crowd wise then you know, it's obviously not good for the not good for the image yeah and I think that the, the problem is it's an obvious fixture because you've got the, the yes. Scottish Cup winners and you've got the rejuvenated hearts from the that's just come up from the championship, so it's an obvious fixture of the show. I think well, it probably will be quite a good game to watch actually. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah it, if it just been like the the Sunday or something. But I bet it's about about fifteen English games on Sunday as well that nobody would be interested in picking up this game on a Sunday. But yeah. uh, so I think hearts are, hearts are going to come into it as heavy favourites. Um, Inverness, of, of course, are still looking for their first win yeah. of the season. <laughs> So, um, yeah, no, the Hearts are, are certainly uh, c- certainly look to be the, the favourites uh, for, for this one. Uh, I was impressed with the way they, they saw out the game uh, against Ross County. The, the only previous time I've seen them this, this season, actually, mm-hmm. that was their, their last trip north. They, yeah. they got two early goals and um, the, the destination of the points looked to be in very little doubt after that because they, they just knew how to, to see the game out and, um, I, I would expect them to, to triumph uh, again this weekend. Yeah, and obviously they'll have Callum Patterson back since his uh, red card was rescinded, unsurprisingly. Mm. Uh, and it's, it's nice to see that Willie Collum was suitably punished for the, uh, getting yet another massive decision completely wrong by being given the party for Southern D game this weekend. <sighs> so this is, this is the problem I have with this system. It's every time one of these refereeing decisions gets overturned, does a referee... Get, get, does it get fed back to him? Doesn't it seem to be? No. And Bobby Colm about there again, messing up part of this other Dean, wasn't it? Aye. I mean, we've had Willie Colm conversation 
a few times already this season. Yeah. We're only six games in, aren't we? And, mm-hmm. uh, we, we were having a really calm conversation on the opening day, of course, um, <laughs> after the, the North County one. But yeah, um, yeah it's just it's, it's going to keep gonna coming back. He was obviously a, a huge talking point of the, the full course of last season. Mm-hmm. And it's already proven to be the, the same way, really. Yep, sadly. Anyway, what's your odds for the game? Yeah, well, it's go- well, right, go for the odds because I'm um, go for the odds first. Well, I'm, I'm, I, I think we should predict and get the odds up because I don't want this way my my, my thinking about the, right. the odds. Because okay. I, I I do reckon it'll be a Hearts win. I reckon it might be two 0 Hearts. Go with. Uh, I'm going to go for something a little bit more narrow. I think one uh, nil uh, away win for this one. Um, Inverness haven't been being you know with the exception of perhaps Celtic game. Where, where they did come back actually, um, you know, with with a decent response as that that game went on, they, they've not been getting thrashed by teams. Um, they've, you know, they've they've kept things quite tight. Um, you know, they they're not they're not a million miles away, but they're they're just lacking so much attacking belief really and uh, and confidence. They've got a couple of lone strikers that have come in from English clubs. Miles Stories come in from Swindon Town on on loan and. Um, Toby Show Silva has come in from Charlton as well. So two guys that haven't played yet, they'll probably make their their first appearances uh, on on Friday. So again, just a complete step into the unknown with with those two. But yeah, you know they they need to try something new. That's as simple as that. Right, I'm going to go for Inverness one, Hearts two. Uh, the odds for this game, courtesy of McBookie's new app, which is now available on. Uh, the App Store and also on the Play Store. So, Hearts, Inverness are nine to five. The draws twelve to five, and Hearts are six to four. Hearts might be worth uh, bearing the mind for the charity, about then. All right. All right. The next game up is. Uh, I don't think there's much argument that this is a big game of the weekend. It's uh, Celtic's trip to Pataudry to face Aberdeen. It's uh, twelve thirty kickoff on Saturday. So. Uh, I don't know what to say about this one because I have no idea how we're going to play. What's uh, Celtic's defence going to be? That's it, exactly. Obviously Van Dyke's away. He played his last game against, uh, against St. Johnson, so he's since left. Boyata's now the, the senior central defender. I've no idea. We might play Mulgrew in there. Uh, we've obviously got... Uh, Simonovic. Yeah, he's a new signing. Blackett as well. No, Tyler Blackett, yep. Blackett I think Blackett might play left. I've got a feeling Blackett will play left back for Celtic. That's it. I mean, there's a there's every likelihood we'll see the likes of Janko at right back, Blackett at left back, Simonovic. What's his name? I should know that. Simonovic. Simonovic. I yeah, think. Uh, Simonovic. The Serb. <laughs> Boyata. Uh, he's Croatian. Is he? I think he's Serbian. I think he's Croatian. Yeah, I think he's Croatian. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. magical. <laughs> I'll get oh, shot for that. Right, Yugoslav. Right, <laughs> old school. Aye, <laughs> right, is every is every chance that our entire back four could be guys that have only just joined the club last season? That's the point I was trying to make. <laughs> so who knows what's going to happen with that? I think it's, I, I think I'm I'm loath to say it because I said this uh, was it March last season we gobbed you four 0 when I said. I think this is Aberdeen's best chance to beat Celtic. <laughs> but again, I think this probably is Aberdeen's best chance to beat Celtic. <laughs> it also helps that the game's at Pedodri this time as opposed to Celtic Park. 
and the fact that a few Celtic players are off the back of a double header. Yeah, aye, the likes of that. Like Brown's played two two long games, uh, two difficult Mulgrew. games. Mulgrew's played them. Um, yeah. Whether he plays or not, it's a obviously. different question. Beaton was obviously playing for Israel. I have seen him against uh, the Welsh. Uh, I believe he yeah. played. I believe he played and maybe scored on Thursday night as well last week. He did. He scored on Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, that um, was a comfortable win. Another, another guy who might be on my show is uh, Tom Rogic, who at least got two against uh, for Australia uh, on Thursday. I suppose it was morning here, sort of Thursday afternoon. Um, Last week as well, so he may be my shout at getting a, a getting a start because he seems to have found a wee bit of form. Uh, certainly, yeah. Johansson hasn't been of any form whatsoever. I can't imagine Lee Griffiths won't play, but I believe Aye. that's this is our, our seventh game of the season. So Nadir Chifty is finally available domestically again because he gets six games and a, a, the two suspended. So he should have done his six now. So it'll be interesting to see what our, our, our selection is certainly, especially at the back because. Who knows? So look at, yeah. well, see, in terms of Aberdeen, it'll be interesting to see how we line up, whether we continue to go play with Rudy and Goodwillie. Or if we do play Rudy and Goodwillie, whether maybe one of them will be asked to play a slightly different role for us. Like whether they some maybe play Rudy out wide, which he's occasionally done that, rather Rudy wasn't playing out wide, though. I think that's a bit of a waste of time. Um, I'll, I'll be quite happy if you just play Rudy out wide. Yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. Uh, when it came down to the European fixtures earlier on this this season, um, Willie always got the nod. I've got to say, in the in the fixtures that Aberdeen played against Celtic last season, I'm not particularly convinced that Rooney Rooney was really ever at his uh, at his best. Um, you know, he, he didn't really didn't really threaten uh, you know too much uh, in, in any of those games. And, and Good Willie is very good at, uh, at holding the ball up. Um, you know he can he can be a real um, focal point of, of the attack when we've got so much you know pace to, to hit Celtic with um, you know in the in the wide areas. So um, yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if Goodwillie again got the got the nod this weekend. I would be very surprised if if he played both of them. Um, but I think that that certainly the performance of the two of them in the, in the last game against Dundee has dispelled the um, you know the uh, I suppose the the myth that the, the two can't play together. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. you know because they they came onto a, a really good game in, in that match. But um, yeah, no, I, I would I think Aberdeen's team has been been pretty solid, uh, pretty consistent through the through the season. And uh, I think yeah, that you need to point that out as being the the key area where there would be any sort of change. The one guy that midfield maybe whether yeah, it might be tempted to put Shirley in beside Jack. I was thinking maybe even Willow Flood actually. Yeah, um, you know, he could be quite a quite a good nippy player to to come in for for these games. Um, yeah, perhaps with Considine to left back and even Paul Quinn coming yeah. in the centre half. But um, yeah, I don't envisage there being that much because I mean the team's been doing very well uh, the way the way it has been. So I don't think we need to to set out any particularly different way because because we're playing Celtic, uh, but. Uh, yeah, uh, I would certainly. I mean, it was the the head to head matches that that were Aberdeen's downfall last season against Celtic, and um, so even even getting a point from this would be an improvement on on the four meetings between the two sides last season. So we're going to predict it then. 
Yeah, I'm going to go for 1-1. One, one. <laughs> oh, you fence <fancy. laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We can wait for uh, for the the next couple of meetings later in the season before we start coming down one side or the other. Uh, to be honest, I was going to say exactly the same. I'm going one each. Cause I, <laughs> I, I don't see us winning it. I'd, um, and I, I, I really don't know what to go with, so I'm going to... I'm being optimistic by us to be honest with same one each. I, I do actually think I've already never got a terrific chance of winning this. I just can't promise myself for Victor. 2-1 Aberdeen. There we go. Uh, Aberdeen are 31 to 10, which is pretty big at home. I know it is against the champions, but not again, not, not putting in a charity bit, but I may consider it myself. Um, the draw is 27 to 10, and Celtic are 20 to 23. I, I, I think it's definitely our best chance of beating Celtic. The fact that you've got a, a defence that's going to be well, whatever defence is, it's going to be new probably. Uh, yeah. So I don't think Boyata and Mulgrew have they played a centre back together at all? Mm, not that I'm aware of. Not unless it was in pre-season. Mulgrew tended to be left back this season, mainly Chris, is he? When he's played, yeah. Uh, I guess he's been sort of, well, in terms of the Celtic team, he's been get, easing his way back in because he missed. Ah, uh, he was injured quite a bit last season. So, last season. Uh, uh, I th- I, now that you mention it, I think Mulgrew and Boyata did play a few games at centre back together in, in pre-season. As I can, it's almost. I think we all expected that at some point uh, Van Dyke was going to go. I, mean, I think the rumor I heard it was always going to be after the the qualifiers. So uh, that's exactly what happened. So it's maybe we, we did have that in mind when we played those preseason games. The big thing as well last season, even aside from Van Dyke and Denier being so good defensively in the games, Barbary and Celtic, they came up with some crucial goals as well. Yeah, so that's our author. Yeah, I mean it could all click very quickly for the the new league defence if uh, if that's the way it is. Um, I mean sometimes it can just be a, a natural uh, bond that these players develop, and uh, you know a lot of them have played at high levels before, so uh, I'm sure I'm sure it won't phase any of them. But uh, yeah, it's up to the Aberdeen faithful to make it as intimidating an atmosphere as, as they can, and uh, it's another other sell out I think or certainly headed that way so um, no, I would imagine it'll be a, a, an excellent atmosphere at Petorgy mm-hmm. Alright so moving on to the 3 o'clock games on Saturday we have first one is Dundee United versus Kilmarnock I don't think we'll spend as long previewing these to be honest <laughs> so we're marching on for time um, I will go uh, <laughs> I'm going to go 1-0 Dundee United because Bill McIsaac yeah, Billy Mackay made a big difference to Dundee United when I saw him make his debut against Ross County two weeks ago. Um, just looked looked very sharp, and uh, you know, considering that he's not been playing, um, just he, he looked to to be really lively, uh, and uh, I'm sure he will be an excellent signing for them. So yeah, two one Dundee United for me as well. He he, he can edge games like this. Yeah, I'm going to go two one Dundee United as well. Dundee Knight are three to four. The draws three to one, and Kilmarnock are seventeen to five. Well, I think we're here. They messed it. They just expected Dundee United to win. That's that's better. That's that, that's not better. Just worse odds than I thought we were going to get in that one. So I still don't know whether I'd be confident enough putting Dundee United no. in a charity bet. No, I wouldn't. That's just I was, I was. I thought they'd be they'd be better than that, but no. Oh well. <laughs> okay, Motherwell versus Ross County is the next game. 
Ah, oh, it's got to be a wee win for me, this one, I think. I think Ross County, we're, we're, we're doing uh, really well, in good form before the, the international break. Motherwell, they did get their win, but uh, they're still looking pretty dodgy. So, um, yeah, I will go... I'm going to say 3-1 Ross County, actually. Yeah, this is the, the second game I'm doing this weekend. I'm actually on a, a Highland doubleheader because of that, that Inverness game on the Friday night, so making the trip down to Lanarkshire on, on Saturday and... Yeah, likewise, I, th- I think County will come out on top in this one. Um, showing some really good form already this, this season. Uh, they're already on 10 points, uh, which they didn't actually achieve last season until 18 games in. Um, it was a 0-0 draw against Celtic at Parkhead. Uh, sorry, Chris. Uh-huh. I um, but that was, uh, that was on the 27th of December, so yep. they've already got to that points to over this stage, which uh, just highlights... Their improvement, and uh, yeah, I think they'll come out two 0 winners in this one. Yeah, I'll go with Ross County as well. Uh, I think it'll be Motherwell one, Ross County two, and the odds in that game seventy to ten for the home team, twelve to five the draw, and Ross County are a very nice thirteen to eight. Oof, I'm thinking Hearts Ross County double. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's get this finished. Partick Thistle versus Dundee versus Willicall. Um I will go. I'll go two one Dundee uh, unless Willicall sends off a Dundee player, in which case it will be two one Thistle. But I'll just I'll hazard a guess two one Dundee. <laughs> I fancy a a wee draw here. Um, Dundee maybe haven't lived up to their, their initial good start. Uh, I think one in this game, I think. Yeah, I'm going to go for a party. That's 0-0, Dundee 2. Uh, the home team are struggling for the goals a bit. They're 8-5, to five. the draw is 23-10, and Dundee are 7-4. Hello, I'm Derek Ray, and you're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. OK, so after some uh, minor technical difficulties, we appear to have lost John. Uh, so we've got the, the final game to do, and then we'll go on to talk about the charity bet. It's just me and Andy now, so if uh, John reappears, that'd be great. But it doesn't look like he's going to make an appearance. So Falling uh, at the final hurdle. Yeah. yeah. Not so far. I think we were just talking too long, that's what it is. We've <laughs> been going on for so long, Skype get fed up. So, uh, yeah, it's the final game is Johnston Hamilton. Um, and I'm not really sure what to make of this one because I know Hamilton have been going pretty well, but St Johnston tend to be quite hard to beat. So um, I'm inclined to say a Hamilton win, but it's probably going to be tight, like a 2 1 for Hamilton, maybe. Yeah, you don't see St Johnston getting getting beaten at uh, McDermott Park too often, really. Um, they're a formidable side. Um, I do like the Hamilton team, though. Um, I'm, I'm going to. Stick my neck out in the line and go for a one 0 Hamilton here. Okay, and uh, the odds here are, are quite interesting compared to the rest as well, the rest of the league as well because it's twenty three twenty for St Johnson one, twenty three to ten for the draw, and five to two for Hamilton at one. Gotcha. So uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a weekend for bookie bashing. Absolutely. Um, so I'd, yeah, with that in mind, there's a few in there we've all we all agreed on. We, we, we certainly agreed in the Hearts game, uh, but I don't think we want to touch Friday night because we don't want to scupper the bet on Friday. Ahead of the Saturday games, but I think we were going to go Ross County, who were thirteen to eight for their yeah, win. Yeah, we're pretty unanimous in Ross County. Against yeah, Motherwell, and then uh, another option was Dundee at Partick Thistle. I think we were pretty unanimous with that one as well. I, I think I went for a draw, but I mean, I would. Did you go for a draw? Leaning, yeah, I, I would be leaning towards Dundee if, if I had to, yeah. to pick one of them. 
I just just felt that you know Dundee they started the season really well, but they, they seem to have gone off the boil ever so slightly. I certainly, we'd back them, um, you know, to, to finish well above Partick over the, the course of the mm-hmm. the full season. Uh, maybe they'll they'll regain their their form, for, uh, you know, after the, the international break. Yeah. So, well, I mean, we're looking at we're looking at two away wins if we go Ross County and Dundee. So that's, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, it's good odds. I mean, the the, the combined. Ten pound stake on it would give you seventy two nineteen return minus the ten pound stake, obviously. But uh, not, not that's that's not bad for a double. So yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Uh, yeah, if you, I mean, if you're good to that, we'll go with that. Uh, I'm hoping John will be okay with it as well. But uh, he's not going to get much. Speaking his behalf, yeah, uh, yeah. John reckons one one in the the St Johnson Hamilton game. So right. That's uh, that's, that's just in. Yes, that's all the the, the information we need. Hello. I, oh, hey, he's back. <laughs> there we go. Right, we were just picking the charity bit. Uh, we, we, we're going with Ross County Dundee. Unless you've got any objections. Nah, on you go. Great. Good, okay. That's uh, 38 and 74. Combined gives a, a 72 19 return. Uh, and I think L back to 8 is probably our best bet for the first goal scorer. I haven't even checked who Dunfermline are playing, to be honest. Dunfermline are. Playing, a, they're at home to Air United, so that's a top of the table encounter. Ooh, tasty! Um, that is tasty. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest, I, saw, I don't have any better Air. options than El back to me, So, <laughs> yeah, I saw Air against uh, against Ross County in the League Cup actually, and difficult to judge them in a match like that when you know County have such an advantage, you know, being the Premiership side, but not a bad team at all. You know, they they knocked it around really nicely. Um, maybe lacked. A wee bit of a, a goal threat that night, but uh, they're they're certainly up there challenging, and uh, I'd imagine they're they're going to be up there alongside Dunfermline for you know throughout most of the season. So uh, that, that certainly looks like a, a really good game. I think the only thing that puts me off the L back today, bet though, is he didn't score any of the four goals against Forfar. It was a Carter hat trick and Gagan get the the ninetieth minute fourth goal. So he must be due one though. He's, he's, aye, he's probably due one. So I think he's probably like, the best. I think John's still coming and going, to be honest. Aye. <laughs> still having issues. Aye. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, okay, we'll, we'll take it all back to Um It doesn't yeah. look like the first goal scorer bet is up quite yet for the, the, the Dunfermline game. Um, no, it's not. I've just checked. So that's, uh, I think that's John just fell off the call entirely. So, all right. Yep. All right, we will we will go with it back to you then and uh, hope for the best. Because he's certainly won us some money already. Aye, no reason why that can't happen again. No, nope, hopefully. What you, John says he's probably doing And that's us for the podcast. Uh, I'm now going to have to go and edit this monstrosity. Because <laughs> this, <laughs> this has been a technical nightmare from start to finish. Aye. Um, uh, I, I, may, I may also have to add in uh, the, the, the very pathetic attempt I had at um, a German intro, just as a popper at the end. <laughs> if I'm going to be editing I may as well have a, have a good laugh at myself uh, but yeah thanks for coming on uh, Andy and uh, thanks for coming on John even though you're not there <laughs> and uh, thanks for listening everybody uh, hopefully next week we'll have a technical get difficulty free zone and we'll be talking about how Celtic gubbed Aberdeen that nobody predicted we'll see about that yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> excellent cheers right cheers we'll see you again cheers then
Hello and welcome off the shot of well, Yeah, I was going to do that, but f*** it. I can't do German, right? Start again. <laughs> <laughs> I, was going to, I was going to do the German version, but oh. I f***ed up, so f*** it. I don't know if you want to put it off. Hello oh, and welcome auf den schottischen Fußballforen Podcast. Ich heiße Chris und heute Abend bin ich von John und Andy beigetreten. There you go. 